The Catalyst, a CEP podcast on bold leadership in the Ocala Metro. Hosted by the Ocala Metro Chamber and Economic Partnership. Sponsored by Douglas Law Firm. And recorded live at Wiley Productions Podcast Studios, located in Ocala, Florida. Welcome to The Catalyst. I'm your host, Natalie McComb, Vice President for the Ocala Metro Chamber and Economic Partnership Foundation. And today we have the privilege of welcoming Dr. Jim Henningsen, President of the College of Central Florida. Welcome to the show, Jim. Woohoo! So good to be here. Great to see you, Natalie. Yes, great to see you too, Jim. We appreciate you being on the show. Um, and wow, 11 years at the helm of the College of Central Florida. Um, as you kind of think back, certainly a lot to be proud of, but what are you most proud of? Well, it's uh, it's a lot. We've done a lot in, a, in that time period. But most proud of, I think, you, you have to look at the team, uh, the people that are there. It doesn't happen without a great team, as you know. And w- we've just been really blessed with uh, being able to find good talent. We had a lot of retirements mm-hmm. during that time frame. So that was my biggest thing that keeps me up at night is how to keep that positive culture, how to keep that focus on excellence. And I think uh, I'm very proud of the team in terms of being able to continually be ranked nationally as one of the top colleges in the country, just even with all that turnover and keeping mm-hmm. the culture positive. So that, that once you have that in place, then you can do all the other great stuff and workforce programs and all the other things. It, that, that seems easy then, but you got to have a great team. Yeah, yeah. And CF has definitely become a leader in the state of Florida for addressing uh, local workforce needs. So what programs are, are you most excited to see grow over the next few years? We have so many. I mean, we've really done a transformation of the college in terms of modernizing our workforce programs and making sure that they're what the industry needs in our local community. So there's been a lot of transition from programs we've had. Well, how come you got rid of that program? Well, we've had it for 30 years, but nobody needed the the, the graduates. So we looked at uh, what our industry and you know, CEP, our business partners, what's needed to keep our growth going. Mm-hmm. Healthcare was one of the biggest ones. And uh, healthcare is one area that, uh, not just nursing, we knew we needed more nurses, everybody needs more nurses, but all the other allied health programs that had to go up on that. And also expanding into our business programs, that's one of our biggest ones, Mm -hmm. Uh, the business area, agribusiness, equine, we're still growing that one. We are the only college in the state with an equine program, but we've been making sure we modernize that, particularly with that new farm we have. But when you look at the growth and the facilities, the classrooms, the labs, the spaces, uh, for health sciences um, and the funding that we've gotten from that from the state. We've been very fortunate about it. They really like the way we do business at CF, and they've rewarded us with the funding for the buildings and the operating dollars to meet that industry need, particularly in the healthcare area. That's wonderful. So according to the Florida Hospital Association, our state needs more than 60,000 nurses by 2035 to meet the state's projected healthcare needs. So what sets CF's nursing program apart from the rest. Obviously, it's an area of huge growth and investment, um, but what makes CF a little different? Well, right now, this year, we're ranked number one in the state oh. between any university or college in terms of the number one rated nursing program. So uh, that that separates us a bit. Yeah, from it us. does. That was, that was nice to get that accolade for our team. We got a great, great nursing health science program uh, and staff there. But uh, I think what you're looking at is we've, we've gone from, a, when I got here, about 150 students total in the two-year program. We didn't have a four-year BSN in nursing. We have that now. We're just over 100 students in that one. And in our two-year degree in nursing, we're up at uh, 275 capacity now. And with our new building that's going to start, we're going to have a groundbreaking this September. 
we're going to we're looking at uh, with that finished being able to expand up to 325 335 total students in a program which is a big program for wow. our, yeah. our region our, our size college and how many rns is that a year that'll be uh cf grads we're hoping for somewhere around 145 to 150 a year graduating wow um, it could be a little bit more. Mm-hmm. It just depends on how long they take to get through it. We have mm-hmm. a fast track. We're the only ones with a 17-month program uh, to get you through in a, at that time if you have the background and experience already to go through and, and the aptitude to be able to take that many credits. But uh, really exciting options. A lot of one of the things the legislature gave us big kudos on, they asked us to come up and present, and I went up with our, our dean in that area, uh, Dr. Stephanie Cortez, who's fabulous. Mm-hmm. But uh, they want to know, what, what are you doing in nursing? you got the number one rated program. You've had the largest donations of any college in the entire state for health, for nursing in particular. Um, what's in your secret sauce? Mm-hmm. That's like, well, that's top secret. <laughs> no, I can't tell you that. But um, it's quality people, quality program, and they want to know all these different pathways. And we have a paramedic to RN bridge program. So if you're a paramedic, you want to be a nurse, makes more money. We've got a program to help you get through that quicker. Yeah. Um, we've got a LPN bridge. That's a licensed practical nursing certificate students uh, to get into a RN program too. So a lot of different pathways, a lot of creativity, and just a lot of uh, – we've been very blessed with a lot of support locally, including that huge $6.7 million gift from Citrus County that allowed us to be matched for 6.7 from the state to just mm-hmm. buy all these new simulators, new equipment, and to make nursing education free. Mm-hmm. So if you're a Citrus County resident right now, you can take our nursing program going forward free, which is really, wow. really cool. That's amazing. Number, number one program. Yeah. And even here in Marion County, it's it's very affordable in comparison to a lot of your competitors as well, which is, I think, a big hurdle for some where they're thinking, I, you know, they may want to pursue that, that RN, um, but they're right about cost. And sure. that's where CF has been a leader, certainly in keeping the cost down for the students. Yeah, even our university system, which is very affordable, if you get mm-hmm. your uh, program, you know, go through the nursing program, there were half the cost of the universities. Um, and then when you look at the privates, we're about one-fifth the cost. Some of our local privates are five times our cost because they got to pay for all those costs. We're subsidized by the state. So we're extremely affordable, which is why we keep that ranking in the top 1% mm-hmm. nationally. Wow. Wow. And the college recently um, cut the ribbon on the um, newly renovated um, health sciences building, which is really an amazing space that has been transformed from what it it once was Um, and and kind of reinventing that space from what used to be a gym into now a state-of-the-art instruction facility with mock ORs and all of that. It was a decision that that was criticized by some in the community because it meant eliminating um, the three popular sports programs that utilize that facility. What was the tipping point for you as a leader that led you to kind of go all in on, on this decision, knowing it was, it was going to be a tough one? Well, it's meeting the needs of our community and meeting the needs of industry. They needed more nurses, more health science programs. We got a hospital that's a level two trauma center now. We didn't have that 10 years ago. Uh, so the level of programming that we need to have to support the graduates and the skills of our graduates needed in those hospitals is different than it was 10 years ago. So we've had to expand and get into that. And that's one of the pieces where it, it was during the lean times. Uh, not too long ago, we did have some lean years in funding. Uh, we keep our tuition flat. We don't raise tuition rates. That's the vision of the state. So that makes less revenue available. So trying to find the revenue to expand when you don't have it, you got to come up with creative strategies and using good sound business principles. And that's what we did. We looked at prioritization of programs. Our sports programs, even though we do them really well, We like to put our excellence on anything that we do. If we're going to do it, we're going to do it well. Mm. They did. We won a national basketball championship. That's not easy to do. Uh, Always a quality team, but it it doesn't provide – those students were mostly from out of state and from international, so they didn't stay here. We'd invest all that money in them, and then they weren't here. 
So we needed to find a way to, how do we expand programs, free up recurring operating dollars without any new money from the state? That was one way to do it. Those three mm-hmm. teams were about $600,000 a year recurring, plus it provided a facility for us that was in good shape to renovate at a lower cost. Mm-hmm. That's what the state loved. Once we told them that story, um, they were just, that's when they invested us in the whole plan for these health science buildings and the operating dollars. Said, Jim, we love what you're doing at these colleges. We got to get this done at other colleges too. Mm-hmm. But that's just bringing a business mindset to running education. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it's, you just got to be willing to make some tough decisions. Yeah. And, and it cascaded in some, some big wins for, for the college in terms of being able to invest more in those programs. Huge wins. And we yeah. tried to raise money for athletics. Uh, we couldn't get donors. Uh, mm-hmm. Donors around here are donating to the University of Florida and FSU primarily. And that's where the big money is going. They're not really interested in us. But when you talk about nursing, we're in the millions of dollars in terms of raised locally for nursing programs. So they they really backed it up. The community backed it up with money for us to expand those programs. And the facility is amazing. Built at half the cost of what a new facility would be. We saved the state money. um, And we got a quality facility that's ready to pump out some graduates. If we can just find some of those faculty members. They're a little hard to find right now. (laughs) But who doesn't like to save a little bit of money? Um, so what, what advice would you have for, um, for other leaders who might be listening who are facing similar, similar tough decisions? Well, I think one thing you've got to look at is creativity and innovation. Uh, you just can't, you can't rest on your laurels of history in terms of here's how we're funded and we always get a little more money every year so we can invest in programs when we need to. Um, that's not the case anymore. The state looks for what's the best return on their investment of the dollars they have. And if you've got a, a better return than another entity in the state, they're going to put you a higher up the priority ladder. Well, our governor has made it very clear, and I, I love his focus. We're going to be the number one state for workforce education by 2030. Uh, so everything we do supports that. And that's why the legislature has really backed us up with uh, different things, uh, funding and the support, because we're willing to make those tough decisions. But yeah, for other leaders in, in education, you've got to be creative. You've got to be innovative. Um, it's a competitive market, you know, that we're not a monopoly. I mean, yes, we're part of the state system. I don't have a direct competitor as one of my sister institutions, but we have plenty of competitors, online, local for-profits or Mm -hmm. or, um, private nonprofits. Uh, We just got to be the best number one higher ed deliverer in the area. And that's what, that's our goal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And now um, you've had some some other interesting challenges come about that that CF has kind of had to step up in the community. So back in, in 2017, um, CF and the foundation came to the rescue of the Appleton Museum of Art uh, when state funding was cut. Why do you think this was an important win for our local community? Well, if you love the arts, when you look at quality of life, you know, education, housing, jobs, but you also look at what, what's the art and culture available in your region. And the Appleton is is a museum that should have been in Chicago, New York City, Washington, D.C., any major city. We have it right here in Marion County. It doesn't support just Marion County. We get people from Europe. We ask them, how come you, how'd you find us? Oh, well, we were vacationing in Florida. We knew this museum was here. So we wanted to go see that. Mm. Uh, so that's, that's been a, it's a big museum. It's 85,000 plus square feet. It's got, uh, you know, Rodin's the thinking man. And we, uh, you got your <laughs> arm out. We have one of them. We're yeah. the only one in Florida that has one. Uh, so that's really, really helpful. And it's just something that needed to happen for our community. And it took us two years to get the state funding back. But the community rallied behind it with our legislators uh, to say, hey, this is really important. Um, without the state funding, we cannot keep that open and running. It's just like the Hearn Museum, the University of Florida, which gets state funding, and the Ringling Museum uh, to FSU. 
Um, our museum is right up there with them. We're one of the top five museums in the state for quality, and we're rated, uh, accredited by AAM, the Alliance, American Alliance of Museums, and they are same as the Smithsonian, um, which is really cool in terms of level of quality. So what you're seeing in there are top-notch pieces, uh, and it, it's just an amazing collection that we c- continue to get donations from other museums. To it. We got a $6 million-plus donation of another museum that couldn't afford to stay running. Wow. They donated their items to us free of charge, um, delivered them to us, and we're bringing in the ones that we want to keep in our collection, and uh, we'll move on some of the other ones to help the renovation and restoration yeah. of our existing pieces. So That's it's just a, it's a huge gem for the community. And for those of you who are listening who have never been to the Appleton, I definitely encourage you. We'll include a link on the uh, on the episode page for you to be able to check that out because um, the the exhibits change often. Um, there's always something interesting, and they have some wonderful um, children's programs as well, which is a really uh, a great way to be able to uh, give back to the community and, and encourage children to be exploring um, arts as well. And I, I always tell people when you go in there, your jaw will drop once you see it. Mm-hmm. Um, our building by itself is all Italian marble that the original builder and the owner uh, imported from Italy. It's, it's an amazing facility. Wonderful, wonderful. And, and you were once quoted as, as calling CF uh, the partnership in, in ways in which the college has partnered with businesses and the community. Um, so what advice do you have for other leaders who want to build successful partnerships that will help their organizations? Well, it takes two to tango, right? Mm, yeah. so you can't do it on your own. And one thing about partnership is we'll partner with anybody and everybody uh, if it creates a win for our community. We have to do it together. Funding for the college, majority of that, almost all of it comes from the state, outside of the students' tuition. Uh, they love it when we have partners, uh, if either businesses, and partnership is not just support with dollars, which we also get, but support with programming, um, the co-ops, internships, things of that nature. And uh, those partnerships go a long way at realizing um, what our community can do. And I think one of the reasons why we're so, uh, you know, we have got phenomenal growth and it's just been a great partnership with everybody between our business community, our public, our government relations, all of those folks coming together like the Appleton we just talked about. Mm-hmm. Without our legislative, our local leaders, the business community all saying to our to the state and our local lo- delegation, this is important to this community and it's important to the state to continue to fund this. It wouldn't have happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, by myself, it's, it's harder to do. But uh, I'm always out there stumping for more partners how we can uh, leverage and create win-wins, mm-hmm. um, and ultimately the third win being for the whole community. Yeah, that's wonderful. Wonderful. And I know the um, uh, CF and, and the uh, Ocala Metro Chamber and Economic Partnership, we've partnered on a, a lot of different projects um, as well as it relates to, to workforce development, and, and there's always new opportunities down the road as we look at what our community needs. Um, so what is one nonprofit organization that you'd like to highlight today? This is a question we ask all of our guests on the Catalyst. And I know you've been involved in, in many boards and many charities, but what's one you want to highlight for our listeners today? In terms of nonprofits out there, there's so many great ones. I've been on so many different boards, but uh, I'll quickly mention two. Uh, one is uh, the Marion County Humane Society. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love being on that board and seeing the animals uh, that, we, that need homes, uh, they need help. Um, someone to put a hand out or a paw out to help them uh, survive and then find a loving forever home because we usually get rescues at our home. And uh, it's just uh, that it fills my cup being able to help that organization and to be a part of the mission of that one. The other is United Way. Uh, I've been on the United Way board since being here, and that one I'm um, currently chair. Uh, I've already chaired the annual campaign. But looking at one of the things I like about the United Way board is when you look at it is we put that money back into this community. 
Yeah. Thanks, Jim. And, and we'll include links to uh, both of those nonprofits on our episodes page as well, so you can check them out for yourself. And now a word from our sponsor. Hello, I am Charlie Douglas with the Douglas Law Firm. We are a full-service law firm with many practice areas to serve your particular needs. The Douglas Law Firm is located in downtown Ocala at 110 North Magnolia Avenue. Give us a call today for a free consultation or visit us at dhclawyers.com. Now is the fun part of the interview that I always love. It's our lightning round questions. So you ready, Jim? Oh, is this a game show? No, yes, let's play the lightning yes. round for 100. lightning round questions. Um, so what trait do you value most from members of your team? I know we talked about team earlier. Well, teamwork is everything, but commitment to the mission. Everyone is on board. You've got to be committed to our mission. If you're not, um, we may turn you into a customer. Um, <laughs> but uh, we love having people who are committed. Yeah. And how would you describe yourself in one word? It's hard to do it in one word. My wife's got a few of those. But anyway. <laughs> but uh, I think uh, driven to excellence, if I could put three words together. That's permissible, yes. Yeah, driven, I'm, I'm, I'm very driven just by nature of my personality, but um, you have to look at why. I'm driven because I want to excel, and I want the organization to excel. So that's kind of uh, driven to excellence is probably it for me. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. First job. What was it, and what did you learn from that experience? You know, it's interesting. I think a lot, a lot of uh, kids had this as their first job, mowing lawns, uh, doing yeah. yard work. And, you know, I you know, was like 12, 13 years old, uh, and I said, I just want to get this done. It's so hot out here. But uh, mowing, one of the things I learned from that is because the, um, one of the persons that I mowed their lawn for was a university professor. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was always big on teaching. And uh, one of the things was uh, how to do the job well. So don't just mow the lawn and then run around the riding mower and go back to the garage. You got to ride the mower, do the weeding. You got to do the trimming. You got to make it look great. Leave it better than you found it. And I really learned to hone that skill and apply that to everything else you're doing later on. Do the job well the first time. Love that. Love that. The lessons you can learn from mowing lawns. And who is the leader um, that you admire? Uh, well, he's not around anymore, but uh, I, I always go back and everyone says, well, that's an easy one, Jim. Everybody picks that one. But Abraham Lincoln, mm-hmm. um, there's a great little leadership book. It's even got pictures, but Don Phillips, uh, Le- Lincoln on Leadership. One of the things I love about Lincoln is he was a servant leader. I kind of consider that my my same calling card in terms of, and I'm not Abraham Lincoln or anything <laughs> like that, but um, I love giving back and you know I'm there to help others not about me as the leader. So, and that's what it, the way Lincoln was. Okay, Lincoln on leadership. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Jim, for, for being on The Catalyst today. We appreciate your time. And thank you again for joining us. My pleasure. And thanks for doing this. It's great, great, great show. Thank you for joining us for another episode of The Catalyst, hosted by the Ocala Metro Chamber and Economic Partnership, sponsored by Douglas Law Firm, and recorded live at Wiley Productions Podcast Studios. New episodes, guests, and perspectives on leadership premiere twice a month. Follow us on Apple, Amazon, Spotify, or wherever you enjoy your podcasts. Have a suggestion for a future guest? Email us at thecatalyst at ocalacep.com.